I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast, all brought to you by PSEG, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. John Schmelk, Paul Dottino with you, live in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. And now we're joined by a man that's been coaching the NFL for a very long time, former offensive coordinator and Super Bowl champion for the New York Football Giants. He is Charlie Weiss, who's now a host on the Morning Drive on Sirius XM. Uh, Aaron and Alex, Aaron and Alex sorry. NFL Radio's <laughs> channel, channel 88. Absolutely. From Sirius XM. You can hear him with the voice of the Giants, That's Bob correct. Papa, on, on, on Sirius XM. So make sure you go check that out. And Charlie, a lot to talk about here at the Combine. So let's kind of start very broadly here. As a coach who understands offensive football as well as anyone, what's the important stuff for you when you came out here to the Combine looking at players and the stuff that you really took out of it as a coach that made it important to you? Well, the interviews, you know, because I don't need to go watch a kid work out in shorts to sit there and tell me too much. I'd rather watch game tape. That's as a as a coach, that's where you're going to learn about the player. I'm not going to watch a quarterback throw routes with some guys that they don't play with and make a determination, whoa, why, I really like this guy or I don't like this guy. But you get to know them more. And you, I think that's invaluable. The one difference between all of us and the guys that go interview the players is they know them. We know of them. We don't know them. And I think that there's a lot too that the inner workings of a of a of a player as a person his character his intelligence those are the type of things you can get here at the combine okay you just made my first question for me charlie because i'm going to ask you maybe who are two of the three most interesting interviews you've done at the combine and if it's so interesting that you don't want to tell us their name that's okay but I've got to ask that now that you opened up that can of worms. Okay, I'll give you a pro and a con. Okay. And with the pro, I'll give the name. With the con, I won't give the name. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. So here's a pro. Antoine Randall-L. You remember the name? Yeah, Antoine? Sure, so Antoine Randall-L. So he walks into our meeting room at the Combine at the old train station when they had it at the train station. He comes in for his 15 minute, 15 minute interview. And we hand him a hat, which was a Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion hat. So he gets the hat and he goes, now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that the first, that, that's how the interview starts. Now, 
Now, here's a guy who was a quarterback at IU that we were going to convert to a wide receiver. But, like, right off the bat, he won the room. He took over the room. And how many of these guys you think take over the room in 15 minutes? None of them. Wow. So he was he was the exception to that rule. On a negative one, I was meeting with a tight end. And I'll leave the school out of this and I'll leave the player out of this. But he had gotten thrown out of school that year for setting off a Molotov cocktail in his dorm. What? Seriously. So I'm he's at and the you guys he's at, ahead of time? So he's at yeah, so he's okay. at the combine. Oh so I said so, I'm t- so tell me, did you get thrown out of school? You know, I asked him that question. He goes, yeah, I did. And I said, how, how would you even know that? How would you even know how to make one? And he goes, well, would you like to know? And I said, no. so, I, so I said, yeah, sure. So then he starts to legitimately answer that question of tell me how you make a bomb. Oh. And I said, time out, time out. I don't really want to know. I don't really want to know. So I kind of wrapped up the interview. And you already said he's off our board. You know, I don't know about other teams, but he, not, he we're, we're certainly not taking. And the kid ended up getting drafted, drafted in the fifth round of the draft, and, and wow. ended up playing in the league for a little while. I would be like, why did you think it was a good idea to, to light up a Molotov cocktail no, I mean, in your room? Uh, the, the amazing, that's more of an intelligence. The amazing thing in my New Jersey <laughs> upbringing, I said, well, tell me how you do this sarcastically. Yeah, of course. Figuring he wasn't going to tell me. <laughs> right. And there he starts telling me how you do it. And I said, time out. I really don't need to know. I really don't want to know. Go ahead and, you know, we wrapped it up and we moved on. So how deep have you you know, done your dive into some of these prospects, especially on, you know, the offensive side of the ball, quarterbacks, receivers. Yeah, I've spent more time on the quarterbacks so far. I'm always ahead on the quarterbacks and the receivers. I was just having this conversation a couple minutes ago before I came over here because I was going over, you know, a half dozen of them or so that, you know, that everyone wants to talk about. I said, "What what people don't factor in is not only how good the players are and would they fit your system, but the other thing they don't factor in is how ready are they to play. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to take a guy in the first round of the draft relatively high, in today's world, that means he's going to play as quickly as you could play him. He might not start right off the bat, but he's going to play relatively quickly. So which guys are playing in systems that prepare a guy like an NFL player? So I take Bryce Young, for example. Billy O'Brien was his offensive coordinator. Nick Saban was his head coach. Sure. Okay, so forget about everything else. We talk about his size. We, you know, we talk about injury concerns. Like how many guys in the draft have an NFL offensive coordinator at, that was your coordinator and Nick Saban is your head coach. One. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I'm looking at all those quarterbacks, there's him and then there's the rest. I agree. Sure. You know, so now that doesn't mean those other guys aren't good, but I mean, most of those guys stood at the line of scrimmage and the offensive coordinator called the play. Everyone looks and looks at the sideline. Everyone's right? looking yeah, at him. Down. So they got him lined. They looked over, got helped get everyone lined up. Then 
what do you want me to play or what do you want me to do? Now, some of them had to check off plays, you know, more, more than others. But a lot of these guys, when you bring them in, you put them in a huddle. It's the first time they were in the huddle. Sure. Or the sure. first time you put them under center. They were never under center. So, you know, I think that if you're going to take a guy early in the draft, you know, you don't want to be spending a lot of time just teach them how to call play in a huddle. You want them to be able to run the whole operation. So for you, a big red flag at Anthony Richardson then. He's played no, I'm just games. No, I'm saying for me, for you personally, it's not a you. red flag. Right. It's just not a guy that I would want to take. Understandable. I got you. But, but Charlie, from a pro coach's perspective, because in Banks, by the way, like Carl Banks likes to call those guys the just add water guys, by the way, who have that whole pro system and style already ingrained in them. Um, but for a pro coach who's sitting down in one of these interviews, and he knows it's not a just add water player. Knowing that there's not a lot of patience these days and coaches can get fired very quickly, what is the pro coach's mentality when talking to a player like that, knowing he's gonna have to be patient and have to give that guy a lot of time? It depends on the head coach's job status. Mm -hmm. I hate to be honest, but it does. That's a good answer. At the head, you know, you take a team that the head coach's job status is in question, you want to take a risk on a guy like that? Can't, because you might not be there. That's it. Or you might you, you might be get you might be training them for somebody else. Okay. Now, if you have good your job status is secure, it's a lot easier taking somebody like that. Sure. Because now you could groom him to be the guy rather than just have to throw him in there. How about wide receivers? Um, we see you talk about quarterbacks not coming from pro systems, right? I look at two wide receivers in this draft. You know, Jalen Hyatt comes from Tennessee, where there's just so much space with the way they spread the field with the hashes and just a but lot. But he's of, really good. No, he's really fast. And he's really good. But you know, he doesn't run the full route tree, and he's kind of a speed guy. Then you have Quentin Johnson. You know, the history of Big Twelve wide receivers is not awesome, and he's again more of a go route stop. He's really guy. good. Too. Also really good. Well, and, well, again, this is why I'm asking the question, right? So they're really good. So if you're a team, how much do you trust? your staff and your wide receivers coach to turn these guys that are really good into NFL wide receivers that can do everything you need them to do. And do you have to consider that a process? So maybe you only use them in what they're good at early and then you expand them as they go along. All right. Well, I'll give you two parts of that question. Please, go ahead. Number one, those Ohio State wide receivers that played in the league last year, those two rookie wide yeah, receivers. Yeah, pretty good. How mm -hmm. they, that's the same thing for them. And how'd they do? They're only the best two wide receivers out of the rookie class in the league. That's right. You know, so that's that refutes that argument. On the other hand, I remember going to a workout from this guy by the name of Terrell Owens. He was at the University of Tennessee, Tennessee at Chattanooga, Chattanooga, and I was there for his workout. Mm -hmm. And there was about 17 of us there for this, this workout because it was only going to be one workout, and you weren't going back there for another workout. And I went there for the workout, and he couldn't run any routes. I mean, he was a big, strong guy. He was athletic. He could do everything. He couldn't run around. How, how'd that work out? I think pretty good. So, I mean, so I'm showing you both sides of the fence. Uh, you can't have preconceived notion. If a guy's got got very good athletic skills, it goes back to traits. You you can you can figure out you can figure out how to how to move forward with them. Okay. Supplemental question to that: We all know the Giants need help in the wide receiver room. They were hurt a lot last year. They certainly need some big play guys. Charlie, 
We were told by Joe Shane, the general manager, in his media availability yesterday that separation is the number one quality that he wants to see in a wide receiver. And basically, the rest of it isn't as important because Brian Dable will find out how to use a guy who can get separation. From your perspective as a guy who was an offensive coordinator, how would you try to construct the rest of this Giants wide receiver room knowing that Wondell Robinson and Isaiah Hodgins are at least going to be part of it? Well, there's two different ways of getting separation. One way of getting separation is just you're, you're faster or you're more athletic than the guy you're going against. Mm -hmm. The other way is using your physicality. So there's two different styles that you we're talking about here. I remember when we went to the Jets, you know, we, we went to the Jets and Keyshawn Johnson had just had his rookie year. And there was a lot of plays when I watched from his first year where he was, it's like glue. So here's a big, physical, strong guy that we added a few things to his repertoire to using his physicality to help create separation. Right. So creating separation is one issue because there's more than one way to get separation. So now, assuming that whether it's a big physical guy getting separation or whether it's a really athletic guy, you know, getting separation, either one of those guys, as long as you have a guy that you know can can get off, get off the, you know, can create some open space for the quarterback. The quarterbacks in the NFL don't need as big of open spaces as those kids in mm -hmm. college do. Mm -hmm. You know, and how many times have we watched games where you say, that's a small window, that's a small window. Well, those quarterbacks are getting paid a lot of money to throw the ball into those small windows. So I think you'll have plenty of opportunity. And the great thing about the draft is you can take really good ones early in the draft, but you could still find really good ones as the draft matriculates. You still can find guys that fit that bill. And I think if you go into the draft knowing that that's one area you want to help yourself, you'll be able to help yourself because there's plenty of options. Sometimes you run out of candidates. Receiver's usually not one of them. Okay, let me ask you this because you just mentioned about the kinds of separation or the styles that you can use to get it. Speed guys, they got the speed. But in terms of how easy is it to coach separation to a physical guy, like you just mentioned Keyshawn Johnson, how hard is that to do? Well, it's really not that hard to do. It's not. No, not that hard to how to teach them how to get how, how to get open, if that's what you're asking. I mean, I'm not talking about getting open by five yards now, but you don't need five right. yards. You need right, a window. You know? But you need... You have to teach them how to use their body and their hands and their arms. I mean, have you ever heard of a block release? Probably not. I could tell I by not. the look on I your face. Not. Okay, so here's a block release. You got a guy up in your face. He's jamming you. So that I know. Okay, so instead of trying to go to the inside or give him a little juke, what happens when you run right off and hit them right in the face? You just go through them and you create space. Okay, by well, now they're backing up. They have to because you jumped so, at his so they Normally, they're stepping forward. Now, all of a sudden, you got them on the defensive. Right. Instead of them attacking you, you're attacking them. So now you've already gained control. Okay. Now your next move, whatever happens now, whether you throw them, okay, whether you slap them, whether you rip them, or whether you just take, take them and just manhandle them, you're already open. Okay, there you go. I want to continue keeping this on the Giants then, Charlie. A lot of people talk about them trying to get more weapons for Daniel Jones. It makes sense. Wide receiver, end of the first round, great. Would you consider looking at the tight ends in this draft at that spot too? 
I know Brian Dable and Mike Kafka come from systems that run primarily 11 personnel. They had Daniel Bellinger last year. But the way the NFL is trending now with these tight ends being such big weapons in the passing game, would that be a consideration for you to help Daniel adding a more receiving leaning tight end instead of a wide receiver well brian remember had multiple years coaching tight ends with the patriots right Mm -hmm. i mean so if you don't think he has an affinity towards tight end (laughs) you're wrong and we use plenty of 12 people which we used to call detroit which i don't know whether they call detroit or not but we we used to use plenty of 12 people in in the past so it wouldn't shock me at all if the if the right tight end came along if they went ahead and jumped on him all right, let me ask you about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley in a combo question. The Giants are trying to retain both players. They've made that very clear. From your offensive coordinator's perspective, how important is it for those two guys to stay together because they seem to feed off each other? They've made each other better over the course of this last season. I think the – I hate to say this, but the quarterback's always way more important than the running back. No doubt. It's not close for second. So the first thing you have to do is you have to secure the quarterback. You know, so they're going to secure the quarterback. So one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to sign a multi-year contract or else they're going to tag him. That's just, just the way it's going to be. And then so there'll be a trickle-down effect with Saquon. There'll be a trickle-down effect. Now, they're trying to do contracts with both of them right now. Right. They'd rather not use a tag on either one of them. But they'd much rather, if they had their druthers, They'd much rather tag Saquon because he only cost $10 million. Of course, sure. You know, then cost sure. $32, $32 million. Now, Daniel is going to make more than $32 million a year over the next five years, mm-hmm. but he might not this year. Right. I mean, this year, that might be, he, he might say, well, look at, I want. Oh, look, I don't know what he wants. We've all and read no one the, does, by We've the way. all read the right. stories. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants $45 million. We, 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 don't, we don't know. You know, unless, unless you're his agent, uh, his new agent, by the way. So unless you're the agent or unless you're Joe, and meaning Joe Shang, we don't know what they really want. But at the end of the day, the Giants would like both those players to be on the team. But... If neither one of them will do a contract and you only can tag one, you have to tag the quarterback. And if that means you end up losing Saquon, which no one wants to do, right? but if it means you end up losing Saquon, you'll lose Saquon. How much of an impediment do you think that would be, though, to Daniel Jones' continued growth if he had to start with a new running back, potentially even a draft choice running back? Yeah, but that's true with everybody. I mean, it's just, you know, there's a state of flux in the league. I mean, with as much money as quarterbacks are getting paid and as much of the salary cap quarterbacks take Mm -hmm. from right now, I mean, there's got to be priorities. And, I mean, that's a rhetorical question you just asked me. Okay. Because everyone knows that you'd rather have him no than not no have doubt. him. No doubt. But if you don't have him, you don't have him. You got to you know, move on. You know, when I, when, when, it would be like Belichick coming into me and saying, well, you have this guy, but you don't have that guy. Okay. If you're waiting for a reaction, you're not going to get one because whatever it is, it is. I mean, what are you going to sit there and say, no, that's not the way I want it? Whoever, whatever card you got, that's the card you got. You know, so it's, you know, it's just. It's not as hard as you guys make it sound. You know, once the once you you got a set of cards, you go ahead and play them. Now, all of a sudden, if somebody hands you a joker over there, right? You know that you know all of a sudden the joker comes walking through the door. 
you you change you change what you got in your in your deck right there. You make up you make a couple of tweaks, and you keep that poker face because you can keep it. Nice little wrinkle to what we have right there, and you go ahead and change accordingly. It's you know, hey, it depends on the style of play. You know, the Giants this year won playing complementary football. Mm-hmm. That's the game that I'm very familiar with. No doubt. Complementary football. But in today's game, not very many teams play complementary football. No. It's offense tries to score as many points as they mm-hmm. can, and the defense tries to survive. Yeah, that's, they hold on, right? Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's the game we're playing in now. Yeah, and I think we saw that in the Super Bowl, right, between the Eagles and, and, and the Chiefs. Well, neither one survived. influence. Neither one survived. The no. tuna influence. No. Exactly. No. No. Charlie, so as someone that evaluates quarterbacks, you know, for, for a living, just give me your overall evaluation of Daniel. Where you think he improved, what you think he's really good at, and where you think maybe the next step would come for him. Well, I just thought he just took made such a huge step from last year to this year of taking care of the football. I mean, that was I, I watched him and said, "How can you have this guy?" I mean, every time you turn around, he's fumbling. <laughs> and if he's not fumbling, he's throwing an interception. Yeah, it was tough now, early on. You know, so uh, you'd like to have bigger numbers as far as touchdowns. You, you like the ratio of three to one, 15 to five. You like that ratio, but you'd like to have more touchdowns, but it would help when you have better guys to throw to, too, and better guys blocking and all that other stuff comes into play. But they all kind of grow together. So if you're asking me, you know, what I like the most about him was his improve of ball security. I thought that that was the most significant step that he took. Now, the que- the question is, you know, and I listen, I follow the Giants, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. I follow the Giants, and there is a walkaway number. There is a number where you say, look, we're not, pay- no, we're not paying you that. But it doesn't have to be this year. Right. Because that's the tag number this year is a very reasonable number to be dealing with. It's a very, you know, it's, it's not a through-the-roof number. It's a very reasonable number. Really, that decision might be more for next year than it is for this year. Sure. Boy, you got one more? Yeah, you know, Charlie, uh, about the defense. You guys are reaching here now. You're just, you're just looking to come up with more questions. Oh, no, I mean, I, I, know, I, 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 I would <laughs> wish I could call a uh, chance, otherwise he's going to strangle me. Charlie, Charlie, we could talk about the old days for five hours, trust me. No, but I wa- not, I, not really. I, I did want to ask you. I did want to ask you about Wink Martin. Yeah, I'm shocked I didn't get an '80s questions out of you yet, Paul. Well, What's going on? That, that's all right. That's all right because I know our audience <laughs> wants to hear about this current Giants team. I want to ask you about Wink Martin, Dale. I think it was a bit, much bigger loss. As much as a nice job Kafka has done with Brian being an offensive guy, if Kafka would have got a head coaching job and left, it wouldn't have been nearly a big, as big a blow. As Wink leaving, yeah. If Wink would have gotten a yeah. job, because you know now you totally the mentality from you know from Patrick Graham, who I love by the way, but Patrick Graham leaves, Wink comes in, they change the style of how they play, they made a lot of progress. They're far from a polished yeah. machine, but they made a lot of progress. I think that if you lost your defensive coordinator and had to start over again with another defensive coordinator, that would have been a bigger blow to the giant organization. To have a polished veteran guy, when you're an, when you're a head coach that wants to run, run, run the team, but your expertise is offense, and you can hire a polished guy on the other side of the ball that's a veteran, it just it it just works very well. We're lucky to have him. 
Absolutely. And I, 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 I just realized it. We're like in Charlie Weiss land here. We got the Jets in front of us. We have the Patriots behind us here. This is like the Charlie Weiss circle yeah. area of like Media Row here. The last time I checked, there was no going away party for Weiss <laughs> with the Giants. They couldn't get rid of me fast enough. The Jets, it was faster than that. And the Patriots, I worked here for, for nine years. I'm still waiting for my going away party. So. <laughs> and by the way, you're welcome for having Lance on the show today. Happy to help you on that front. I don't think he would measure well at the combine, by the way. He would fail the the height test. I'm not saying anything derogatory. Charlie's thinking about it. Yeah, you guys, the bait is there. The bait is there. You're just just begging for me to say something. Absolutely. And I've learned as I've mellowed and got older to take the high road. So I'll take the high road. Well, Lance is never on the high road, so it makes sense that that, that, that's the road you would take. Charlie Weiss, we thank you for joining us at the Giants on a podcast. Great to see you, Charlie. Charlie, great stuff. We really appreciate it. Check him out on airing it out on Sirius XM. For Paul Dottino, I'm Josh Smoke. For Charlie, we'll see you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.